It's Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Program, 888-727-BECK. It looks more and more like Iran either accidentally or or on purpose shot down that Ukrainian airliner the other night, (laughs) killing all 176 on board. So, so bizarre. I mean, didn't you suspect that, though, from the very... From the very beginning, because it was just too weird that all those missiles were launched and then coincidentally a plane just crashes into Ron. Did not seem possible. Didn't. No, it, it didn't. It did not seem possible. Uh, you know, if you're in the middle of a, of a six to eight hour buffet binge and then you have a, a, a terrible case of heartburn, I guess you could have had the heartburn. Anyway? Anyway, but it yeah. seems really unlikely. Seems like the binge might have brought it on. Yeah, that's usually the way that works. Yeah, and of course, Iran is denying it. Uh, they they called us uh, big liars. Wow. Pants are on fire. I think they also said pants on fire. Yeah, they said na-na-na-na-na yeah. as well in an official statement from the Ayatollah. Yeah, strange. Uh, but uh, uh, You know, one thing that's interesting about us being liars mm. uh, is the video. Of, of yeah. the, uh, multiple videos from multiple different areas of missiles striking planes and then bringing them to the ground. I thought that was some pretty good evidence, but Iran saying no. No, no it's not. quite not. enough. <laughs> it's incredible and really sad because uh, these people had nothing to do with what's going on. And, you know, even the U.S. is saying it was it was probably accidental, which nobody would ever give us the benefit of the doubt on that if it if it involved us and we shot down some airliner uh nobody would say well they did it accidentally uh, but that's actually what what american officials are saying that's what president trump is saying about iran and actually that seems to be the intelligence from all over the world canada yeah. europe um everybody seems to agree that this was a missile and likely was a mistake now you never know with these things because a mistake, it could be a mistake essentially from the regime in that they didn't intend to shoot down a plane, but some person who, you know, was on the, they have a ring of, of anti-aircraft weaponry around uh, the city and mm-hmm. one person deciding this was either a threat or screw these people, I'm taking that thing down. That could, all, that that's in a way intentional, right? They're trying mm-hmm. to do it doesn't necessarily mean that it was a, the position of the of the country right maybe the, or maybe they confused the airline with somebody else yeah maybe they thought it was american who knows who knows uh but i'm sure eventually over time we'll we'll get that figured out that's but it's not surprising because iran apparently was in possession of the black box from the plane one of them and they wouldn't they wouldn't turn it over so there must be a reason for that. <laughs> I mean, it, you know? well, well, first of all, they wouldn't turn over the black box. Second of all, uh, I believe it was ABC got footage of the crash area the day after the crash. Nothing there. Now, that's not how you investigate an, aer- uh, an aircraft, uh, you know, barreling into the ground and exploding. You, the pieces are there. Every, you, know, you know how meticulous they are with these things. Mm-hmm. They'll sit there and they'll investigate that for months. They'll look at every single piece. They'll catalog it all. Uh, instead, they're just like, uh, bulldoze that field over there. And uh, hopefully no one notices. Jeez. I mean, it's, it's blatantly obvious that yeah, this, this happened. But, you know. What do you expect, right? I, no one expects anything more out of Iran. I, I, I expect, I thought, a little bit more out of U.S. officials who are running to their uh, social media accounts to try to tweet how Trump was responsible for Iran shooting down a plane. Because, you know, oh, he, he yeah. started this chaotic time, Pat. 
And you can't expect a country to not fire against, you know, commercial airlines when when, uh, it's a chaotic time. That's obviously Trump's fault. And by the way, we should all remember that Trump was responding. The take, taking this guy out right. was not a was not a first move by the United States. Iran was shooting was, was had just killed a U.S. citizen. Uh, they were uh, in the middle of these protests that were arranged by this particular guy, Soleimani, and uh, there are reports of potentially a an imminent threat against uh, U.S. positions designed by this guy, who now sadly is not around to tell us about it. So this was not a first strike by the U.S. This is, this is a strike that uh, was in, um, you know, both defensive and uh, in response to an attack by Iran. Mm-hmm. And we're sick of it. We, we, we made this, we've decided to do something here. And sometimes doing something makes people nervous, but we've decided to say, you know what? We're no longer going to play this game where we act like your proxies are not you. We're no longer going to say, you know what, it's, it's, oh gosh, those, those militia groups, let's pretend as if we don't know they were directed by Iran. Let's pretend. And let's pretend the IEDs didn't come from Iran. Yeah. Let's just step back and just forget and pretend because that's really been our position for, for forever. Yeah. Yeah. All through the Barack Obama years, for sure. And maybe even through some of George W. Bush's years. Yeah. Uh, we just ignored it. We just let it go. I mean, we talked about a whole bunch of different things that have happened over the last, certainly uh, the last 20 years, and even the last 40 years that have all come from Iran, and we've done nothing about it until now. And and now we're wrong to respond to any of it? I, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. It's, it's like the Democrats are working for the Iranian uh, regime. It, it, I mean, they, they, give, they spew their propaganda for them. Yeah, I mean, well, it, if, at least if nothing else, it seems like trying to take Trump down is more important to them. For sure it than is. Than A, the truth mm-hmm. about this incident, and right. B, the danger that is Iran. I mean, they don't seem to, they seem to be much more concerned about uh, a Republican being president than any of those things. Here's one of the uh, Democrats uh, blaming President Trump uh, in part for uh, the, the shooting down of the, uh, of the plane the other night. If what is being projected is true, uh, this is yet another example of collateral damage from the actions that have been taken in a provocative way by the president of the United States. Okay. Well, is this type of miscalculation, let's say, on the part of the Iranians more likely now to result in even heightened tensions? I would say that the continued saber, excuse me, the, the continued saber rattling by the president uh, doesn't help us. Um, I also feel strongly that by taking out mm-hmm. General Soleimani, that that did not somehow uh, rid us of any of the planning that the Iranians would be doing, or that the Shia militia that is um, throughout the region uh, is also engaged in doing. And we also have the, the leader of the Shia militia who was assassinated as well, that uh, may be the subject of some efforts to seek revenge. So her most important point there was that it's it's Donald Trump's fault. That's incredible. Uh, her, it's... <laughs> That's playing right into the hands of the Iranian regime to me. And it's triple incredible because it's Jackie Spire. Right. I mean, Jackie Spire is, she was 
in Jonestown, if you don't know, she was the one that went to Jonestown with uh, a, a, she was working for a congressman at the time. Uh, and this is where all, you know, 900 plus people died um, mm -hmm. by drinking the, the I'm going to get, get this right, the flavor aid. It was not the guy who crashes through your walls oh, in a giant glass. It wasn't it was Kool-Aid. not Kool-Aid. Do you, do you oh, imagine this? Wow. All of these years, they've been saying, drink the Kool-Aid. Kool it was Flavor-Aid. It wow. was a rip-off Kool-Aid thing. I didn't even Kool know that. Kool-Aid gets the blame. It's unfair, <laughs> and I'm standing up for the guy that goes, oh, yeah, when it comes through the wall. Because okay. it was not his fault. Mm -hmm. uh, but Jackie Spire was there. She watched her boss Jeez. get murdered, right? And be judging by her logic here... He was responsible for the incident because he's the one that started off this chaotic situation where he went over there and visited and tried to rescue all of these people. Instead, a terrible incident happens where murderers wind up murdering a bunch of people. Is that Jackie's fault? Because I've never considered it her fault. I've never considered it her boss's fault. It's not. It's the fault of the people who who actually do the things. This is such a difficult mm -hmm. thing for America to, to wrap their arms around these days when it comes down to a shooting or it comes down to a situation like this, we have to find somebody else that fits into our worldview to blame. Instead, like, oh, it's guns, it's gun manufacturers, it's, it's this, it's this. No, it's the person who's, who's responsible for the act. Iran is responsible for killing this, uh, this group of 176 people, period. And you got Pete Buttigieg implying that the U.S. is sharing the blame with Iran for shooting down the airliner. I mean... Uh, this is a guy who is running for president who's also trying to pin the blame on us. Wow. Buttigieg said innocent civilians are now dead because they were caught in the middle of an unnecessary and unwanted military tit for tat. My thoughts are with the families and loved ones. <laughs> I love that. Good it's just gosh. this, look, they just were caught, caught in the crossfire. What, what, no, they shot down an airliner. Yeah, right. That is different than being caught in the crossfire. It indicates that like, oh, well... Uh, a, a missile f flying towards something else happened to hit uh, something not in the between. Case. We not weren't the, shooting yeah. at anybody at the time. There was no crossfire. No. There was only fire. There was only fire. <laughs> no, it was coming from Iran. Which has, by the way, been the situation <sighs> this entire time. This entire time, Iran has been taking mm -hmm. out U.S. soldiers in Iraq with its IEDs. It's been some rockets. It's been all sorts of different things. But we know this guy, Suleimani, is responsible for 600 of them himself. 600 U.S. soldiers. And we have one of the two major parties out there acting as if it's, it was wrong to take him out. I, mean, I don't think there's any question. Is it morally justifiable what we did with Suleimani? Yes. Is it legally justifiable? Absolutely yes. The only question was, and I think some people had, there's a, you know, a very small slice of America who actually just had honest questions, was like, crap, is this going to blow up into something that we don't want to deal with? Mm -hmm. And that's a legitimate question, and one I'm sure Donald Trump seriously considered before deciding to pull the trigger on this. You know, that is a big part of it. Even when it is morally justifiable and legally justifiable, do you want to deal with the blowback? The decision of Donald Trump for the past two years and Barack Obama for eight years before that and George W. Bush before that was no. Right. Like we don't want to yeah. we don't want to make that we don't want to deal with that pushback. So let's all pretend as if these things aren't happening and try to just minimize them. Um, and Trump has changed that calculus and it's changed the calculus for Iran. That doesn't mean that some of these groups might still do crazy things. But now you have to realize if you're Iran, 
it's your job to keep these groups in line. Because if they do things uh, without uh, your knowledge even, we're going to think it's you. And that, that message being communicated to Iran pretty with a big exclamation point in the form of an explosion, uh-huh. I think is pretty effective. It, very. And it was obviously proxies that they were using at the embassy mm-hmm. uh, that precipitated this attack on uh, Soleimani. So, yeah, we have sent a really strong message that even if this is your proxies, we're coming after you for it. Uh, that's a powerful statement. And they, we've said for years that people in the Middle East respond to strength. They don't respond well to weakness. They think that's the green light for them to go ahead and attack you even more. Mm-hmm. But now they've seen strength. And I think that's going to act as a deterrent. I think it's pretty obvious that, you know, with the lobbing the 15 missiles into U.S. air bases that really hit nothing. Um, that's uh, that shows you that they're taking this pretty seriously and they understand some of the ramifications for this. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's patents two for Glenn. Uh, more in sixty seconds. It's patents two for Glenn on the Glenn Beck program. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. Sadly, he's not here today which is his 20th anniversary of this particular show remarkable yeah you know uh 20 yeah so this is 20 years ago today the glenn beck program debuted on 970 wfla the mothership in tampa florida and uh started a now 20 year run uh it was a it was you know i guess it was Right after we signed our syndication deal to to go syndicate to get syndicated in uh, August of 2001, you may notice that date had some significance uh, with world events. Uh, just a few mm-hmm. weeks after we signed that contract, uh, they 9/11 happened and they moved up the launch. It was supposed to launch in January 2002, right? And they moved up the launch uh, to uh, September. I want to say we launched September 14th or 15th. They, I mean, they threw the whole network. It was together. right after 9/11. Yeah, right I after 9/11. That. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was the first national show. But this show started at 970 WFLA. Glenn, if you don't know his history, came from. I mean, he did t- uh, music radio uh, for, and you know, the, mm-hmm. the best moments of that happened with uh, one Pat Gray. Uh, and, you know, and Glenn basically failed on his own. But when he was with <laughs> Pat, things went really well. <laughs> and uh, mm-hmm. and he was doing music radio when I met him. Now, a little over 20 years ago, I mean, he was basically, I mean, he was showing up, barely showing up on time. And look, 20 years later, here he is, not here. Uh, but he was barely showing up on time to start the show. He oh, was, he was so disinterested oh, so in disinterested. doing music radio. Mm-hmm. He couldn't care less. He didn't care. about there's, a song would end, <laughs> mm-hmm. and he would say, uh, there's uh, that song by What's-His-Face. Uh, okay, so and, <laughs> legitimately that bad. We'd move on to something else. It was legitimately he was that disinterested in I, it. I remember starting with him because <laughs> I started interning for Glenn, like a, you know, a little bit before he. I mean, he was in the he was in the midst of not caring about radio, but he was he wasn't into talk radio. Uh, hadn't done any real shows as far as that had you know when it comes to news and politics. Hadn't even started that really yet, and he's doing a music show. And he decided to tell me that he's like, I've got a great idea for the show. I'm like, you know, he hadn't shown any interest in the show at all. So it was kind of interesting to see him have this great idea. His idea was that we should do a flashback every day to start the show. 
let's take a moment from the previous show and we'll, we'll start the show with that so people can get caught up. And he's giving me this big hard sell. I'm thinking to myself, he just wants to come in late. This is not <laughs> this. So every day I would have to put together a flashback uh-huh. of the previous show that would air right. It was a six it was a show that aired six to ten. And from six to like six fifteen was a flashback. And then 6.15... And like, did he not show up oh, until he, then? Oh, absolutely not in the yeah. building. Yeah. 6.15 to 6.20 was like commercials. Then it became, well, when we come out of the commercials, play a couple songs. Uh-huh. So then like 6.20 to 6.30 you know, would be music. And then it was like time for weather. And mm-hmm. he's like, you just do the and weather traffic. and then go back to, into commercials. Yeah. And then we go back into more songs. Legitimately, he was showing up some days at like 6.35, 6.40. <laughs> when the show, show starts at six, at six, yeah, that's that's yeah. where his mind was a little over twenty years ago. Uh, a lot of that's changed over the years. Yes, it has, uh, and so very much so. Twentieth anniversary of of the show starting on WFLA, and he's not here for unfortunately uh, real reasons. It's not like he's just being lazy and and asking us to do a best of program. He's uh, got some a family emergency popped up last night. He had to fly out uh, of town late in the evening. Um, we're praying for him and 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 for you know, you know Vinny and Mary and Dom and a, a whole list of people. Uh, and he asked us specifically to ask you uh, as well to keep them in your prayers because he's going through uh, you know something pretty serious. And we're we're hoping that uh, everything's going to be uh, okay. Hopefully, hopefully he's back here on Monday. Um, but I know next week uh, Mary has a, a very serious surgery. He talked about his that's his daughter. If you don't know. And uh, mm. yeah, that's starts love next Mary. week. Yeah, uh, mm. yeah. So it's it's a he's going. It's a tough time right now. Uh, yeah. We a lot going on in the world. Uh, we we're only I think Monday is three weeks from the Iowa caucus. That's how close we are to this whole election thing really kicking off. And the Senate trial for impeachment may start next week. Insane. I mean, I just <laughs> every time you think like, oh, there's enough in the news cycle to last us for months, and then it just triples. Yep. So. There it is. Uh, We'll uh, have Glenn hopefully back on uh, Monday. Some really interesting polling, bizarre polling that came out last night and and launches a new person into the debates. We'll tell you about that coming up. This. Triple eight seven two seven B E C K. It's uh, Pat and Stu for Glenn on the Glenn Beck Show. Uh, We also have, uh, we're being joined by Jeffy. For some reason now, isn't he the host uh, of Chewing the Fat? Yes, it seems to me I he am. Is. Yeah, you are. I am. That is confirmed. Uh, it is confirmed. Where the would podcast? I? Where would I get that? You just go to theblaze.com/slash/podcast and click on Chewing the Fat. It's just that it's easy. Just that easy. Right. It'll open up, and you'll see a plethora of platforms you can subscribe on. Mm. All right. <laughs> It's just Good. that simple. Wow. Exciting. It's an exciting time. It is an exciting time. Okay, so all I really want to talk about is the Royals, and I know, Stu. The Royal, The Royals. You, uh, and not yeah. the Kansas City Royals, because... <laughs> That'd these, be an interesting topic yeah, to bring up in yeah. the middle of a talk show. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, my question is, though, is uh, Meghan Markle I mean, and Harry are, uh, you know, cutting ties as their, uh, you know, with their official duties. Mm-hmm. To uh to the to the crown. It is a weird. I will. I do not care about the royals, but that I is don't a, either. But a, this a is somewhat interesting because yeah. it is so weird. It, it, the 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 fight has been on for quite some time now. But my question is, is that now that they're cutting ties, they're going to be looking for gigs, mm. and uh you know Megan's probably going to want to go back to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's going to need to pick up some little extra cash on the side. Mm-hmm. And how did she leave the television show Suits oh. that she was on? Yes. That they, 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 if they didn't kill her off. Is Suits still on? Suits just ended. That's oh, what I did. thought. The series finale oh. was just a few months ago. So uh, but they could, you know, 
kick it back up with the Netflix deal. Oh, you're, you know what? You're right. They, cause they, they, Especially with Megan coming back, right? If Megan so, comes back, they would pour money into that show, which I is know. a great freaking show. If you've never watched Suits, <laughs> I, you know, I kind of had this idea, because I remember USA Network growing up, mm-hmm. where like they did reruns of like old yeah. game shows, and I never, I don't think I ever, maybe they did some reruns of, you know, uh, like Law & Order type shows. Yeah. I, like I There's never anything I wanted to watch on USA. And one day I just got sucked into Suits and watched a couple episodes, and now there's nine seasons of it. And I freaking love that show. I loved all the people on it. And Meghan Markle, uh, you know, the, the princess now, uh, was one of the main characters on the show. She's a duchess, duchess I thank you. Duchess, yeah, whatever. Duchess. Duchess. Uh, you're right. Sorry about that. Just, oh, I don't know. Again, I don't know anything about the royals. All I cared about is she was ruining Suits by leaving. That's what I cared about. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, you're right. They would, if she would do that, they'd pour money into it. Right. I like this idea. And so, I, you know, did they did they kill her off or did she just oh, leave? She uh, So, uh, spoiler alert, if you're just starting the series, uh, she left uh, to, uh, to to run like a legal clinic in Seattle with her How with many her seasons ago? Oh, so, two. The last two yeah, seasons the, didn't have okay. They hung out for All the right. last, they, they hung on for another two seasons after Meg. And it was still good. It, the show is, it's, the show is freaking good. It's a good show. Uh, <laughs> but you're right. I mean, they could bring her back. And mm. all those other guys would be like, oh, screw you. I mean, now now that she's the princess. Duchess. Duchess, no, Duchess whatever. I'm sick of that you trying is, to make her a princess, I'll tell you that. Well, she gets there at some point, right? I don't she know. To, no, pri- no, I don't no, think she's married no. to a and prince. Now. If you're married to a prince, you're a princess. That's my new declaration. <laughs> well, and here's and the that's, thing. that's that was some of the reason that the fight started, right? Because Harry will never be king. And William, his brother, will. Right? He's in line. Okay. And so Kate and Meghan do not get along. Because Kate is always like, she's never going to be queen, but she's like, my husband's going to be king. And, uh, yours, and yours, isn't. yours isn't. So back up. <laughs> Are you kidding? I mean, is that really a thing that happens within a, the royal yeah, family? Yes. Come I, on. I, I, that's been reported to me 100%. I think this is great because, you know. I love that England's still living, living this fairy tale. It's just great. And it's, I love that we're just still, I believe this is an extension of the Revolutionary War. Uh huh. In that we're like, you know what? We never finished off that whole monarchy thing. That was our only mistake in the Revolutionary War. Mm-hmm. We let them maintain yeah, their did. monarchy. <laughs> and now... Them. Megan's doing it. And now we're like, you know what? We're sending over a spy. Uh-huh. She's going to marry into the family and blow the whole thing up. And not not in, a, in an explosion way, but in a... Uh, we're ripping the, the, the royal family and, apart and way. And she has done that, for sure. She has <laughs> most definitely done that. Love, all the, it's funny. It's like all the suspicions of like the British. Like, I don't know. She's, he's marrying... An American? Like, this is, well, I guess it's okay. Now, like, two months in, you find out, no, no, you're totally screwed. We're, we're resting this whole thing up. Yeah, it was too much for her. And that's why today you have to deal with Megxit. Oh, and so, man. I mean, just. Um, <laughs> by the way, on this front, which is, this is hilarious. We just spent you know, four minutes talking about, about the royal family. Oh, I could, we could keep going. When yesterday, Brexit finally passes. Yesterday. Was it even mentioned? Oh. Probably not. Oh, no. I, like, it is so hilarious. This was the only thing anyone talked about for I how know. many years. It fi- We had the election. The Boris, Boris Johnson does well in it. Yesterday, the thing just sails through easily. Like, no no big deal. Brexit finally going to happen. End of the month. Excellent. After all this time, all of this Harry and back Meghan and forth. That's true. Harry and Meghan leaving. Nobody cares about it. <laughs> it's amazing. It is. It's incredible. Like, someone was brought up to me the other day, like, oh, you know, uh, this this impeachment thing. You know, Nancy Pelosi was going to she's going to bring over the articles of impeachment to the Senate. I was like, that seems like that was like 1985. I know. I'm like, it what? Sure the does. impeachment. We're like 16 news cycles past the impeachment. 
Yeah. It sure does. Could could Nancy Pelosi have choked this process any any any, no, any she, more dramatic no. fashion? She lost this thing big, big time. Yeah, horrible she job lost by her. Big. She, this is. I mean, everyone kind of knows that she's. This is her last time as Speaker, anyway. Likely because she was going to get voted out, or at least had a possibility of being voted out, yeah, and sort of made a deal. On. Yeah. Of like, this is my last one. Just like, I'll do this last one, and then we'll turn it over to somebody else. After this, how can she be? I mean, she can't even go for this again, right? I mean, this is this this is an immense failure of leadership. Mm-hmm. If you wanted to impeach Donald Trump, they should have started it earlier on the whole Russia thing, and then this all st- this stuff would have come out probably eventually. But anyway. she didn't really want to. She, right? that she was said she didn't want to. But if she didn't want to, why the hell did she do it? Because she was trying to appease the the young upstarts i mean that's gonna be her argument yeah but i mean she she didn't have to do that Mm-mm. you know you know what here's the thing i have a mute button on twitter i'm very good <laughs> at ignoring alexandria ocasio cortez she should get good at it too why why do you care oh. what alexandria ocasio cortez is saying who cares what Elon omar is saying you do what you think is right you're supposed to be the speaker of the freaking house yeah and so i don't i don't know if i buy that she was pushed into it by this 28 year old it just seems to me that she thought it was a good strategy and she'd win. And what she found out is she was wrong. Yeah. Right? This is this has been a this has been a patently a disaster. It's a disaster. For them. For them. I mean, I you know I, it is. Yeah. They got this impeachment. They get to say that he's impeached, but they're getting nothing out of it. People have forgotten about it already. It's gonna go into the Senate and it's a joke. Except that now, right, uh Senator McConnell wants to uh, you know, says he's gonna have the trial as like next week. Yeah, right? they want to so, get it over with. Right, but mm-hmm. that means that uh, the people running for the Democratic presidential nomination <laughs> have to be there. Uh-oh. Well, and they have to be required. there or be out or of it. Or be out of it, right? One of the, so, one of the other. And, so do they show up to the debate that they're having next week or not? I mean, McConnell's pulling the plug on that, r- pulling the rug out from underneath them there. I mean, you I got, assume they could, you know, if it's not going on at that moment, they could fly in, do the debate. Don't try to bog me down with technicalities, well, too. They're <laughs> either in or they're out. But they can't <laughs> campaign, right? They can't campaign right. in these in right. these areas. They can't be right. on the ground going to every county on a no malarkey tour. Now, n- now no malarkey uh, Joe can do that because he's not in the Senate anymore. But a lot of these candidates are in the Senate. I mean, Bernie Sanders is in the Senate. Elizabeth Warren is in the Senate. And Amy Klobuchar is in the Senate. Cory Booker is in the Senate and apparently still running. Michael Bennett is actually still running, and he's in the Senate. Uh, in fact, uh, probably be a good thing for him because uh, if he can... You know, maybe somebody will notice that he's running if he's if he's there. Isn't it amazing he's still in this race? Cory Booker too. Nobody even knows him. Nobody even knows. But at least people understand who Cory Booker is. They know who he is yeah. generally. Nobody knows who Michael Bennett is. No, I don't think in his own state people know who he is. No, it's like we have a senator named Michael, Michael Bennett. Bennett? <laughs> when did that start? Yeah, when, when Bennett was uh, running early on. He's like, you know what? This Trump thing, it's all chaos. It's all, every day you wake up, there's a new crazy headline. He's like, if I'm president, I'll be boring. I'll make sure to bore you every day. And it's like, well, you're doing a good job at that. Congratulations. Say, that is promise kept. Yes. We should give him some credit on this. He is boring all of us to death. Uh, yes. Yes. Did you see that Bloomberg's up to uh, third in at least one national poll? I right, think he so- was- he was tied for third I mean, money, at 11%. Money could buy a little bit. I mean, the money he's spending is apparently making some inroads for him. <laughs> yeah. And he's spending a lot of he's it. He's spending yeah. a lot of money. I mean, you can't even – I mean, I personally can't click on anything YouTube without seeing a Michael Bloomberg. It's video. incredible. He, I mean, it really, he really is everywhere. Yeah. Um, I was in uh, over vacation in Nevada for a couple of days, and they uh, everywhere there is Tom Steyer ads. 
uh, the other billionaire. Those too. Yeah. He's running a lot of yeah. them. Tom Steyer uh, had he's made so everyone expected him to miss this debate. He was down at the last minute, needed two qualifying polls, and the way those things work is you have to have um, you know I think it's I can't remember exactly what it is right now. I think it's six percent nationally or four percent in an early state poll, and you have to have a certain number of polls. He needed two more as of last night. Got them both last night. Oh, uh, nice. in sort of remarkable wow. fashion. Are they going to allow it? Uh, they are going to allow it. It's a qualifying poll from wow. uh, Fox News. And the amazing part about it was Nevada and South Carolina. Steyer finished in double digits in both states. Wow. One of them, I think it was South Carolina, at 15%. Tom Steyer? Tom, Tom Steyer, Steyer, who is legitimately what? the least what? interesting person in America. Oh, he is the, he's awful. He is so boring. It boring is impossible to stay awake when he's speaking. It's impossible. <sighs> well, wow. I mean, the only difference from him wow. and Michael Bennett is that he's got the cash. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, well, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, Bennett is much more conservative, I will say, than Steyer. Steyer's, Steyer is uh, Elizabeth Warren, Bernie Sanders. He's in that yeah, camp. In is. fact, he started an organization to impeach Donald Trump in October of 2017. 17. Jeez. Wow. Uh, so he's he's been on this he's bandwagon a for a long runner, time. Yeah. He's like, I don't really have anything here, but I'd like to impeach him because he just, he's really, I don't like <laughs> don't him. like him? So listen to this poll. This is South Carolina, Fox News. And by the way. You know, Fox News gets criticism from the left, of course, but they're a very well-respected uh, polling outfit. Like, they're, they're they're one of the highest-ranked pollsters there are, are across the board. Mm. Uh, in South Carolina, Joe Biden, still with a hefty lead, 36%. Tom Steyer wow. in second at 15%. In Bern- South Carolina? In South Carolina. Then wow. Bernie Sanders, 14. Warren, 10. Buttigieg <sighs> at 4. And again, the Buttigieg thing is interesting because... I mean, this guy. He can't get any minority support <laughs> at all. African Americans do not they like, like the Pete Buttigieg. Yeah. They are not fans. Uh, he gets 0% in a lot of these polls from African Americans. Um, then uh, hmm. the other one was Nevada. And the Joe Biden had 30 some percent? Uh, in the, in the, in the 36. That, yeah, I mean, 36. That's, mm-hmm. that's amazing. And he does very well with African American voters, and he's been dominating South Carolina the entire time. So this, and the only issue with Biden, as far as his campaign goes, is you start off with. Uh, two super white states with Iowa and New Hampshire. Right. Then you have Nevada third. You don't get to a really strong Biden state until fourth. So if he loses, which is very plausible, he doesn't win mm-hmm. any of the first three states, it could be complicated. <laughs> Here's the Nevada poll, though. Biden at 23. He's leading in Nevada here. Sanders at 17. Steyer and Warren tied at 12. Now, most people across the country don't even know who Tom Steyer is. Bloomberg, you might know who he is. Yeah. Um, but well, here's the here's the dramatic part about it is Steyer has spent something in the neighborhood of eighty million dollars uh, so far. He's been running, and almost all of it spent on early state uh, po- uh, advertising. So the people in those early states know who this guy is. They're sick of his face. Okay, <laughs> yeah. that's the feeling on Tom Steyer. But he's doing, you know, he, you know, again, money can get you. You know, it's like the the Yankees, right? Like, you can spend and spend and spend and get yourself to be competitive every year. doesn't mean you're going to win the World Series, but mm-hmm. you can get yourself into the game yeah. a little bit. And that's what Steyer's done. Bloomberg has already way outspent Steyer. He's only been in the race oh, yeah. for a few weeks as compared to Steyer, who's been in for, you know, several months. Uh, Steyer spent something like $80 million and, and and Bloomberg's already up well over $150 million. Yeah, he's and, about doubled him. Yeah, and he's going to be, by the time Super Tuesday happens, and and this is the interesting part about uh, Bloomberg, he's going to probably spend a quarter of a billion dollars on this, and he's running almost unopposed because he's only advertising in Super Tuesday states when none of the other candidates are doing much of anything there. 
So wow. it's a fascinating. It's going to yeah, be a fascinating is. experiment to see if you can actually make a dent. Seven two triple eight seven two seven B E C K. More coming up. Well, Donald Trump, as you know, is destroying our country. Mm-hmm. He's uh, basically <laughs> just set fire to every aspect of our world, as you know. As you know. I mean, you've watched the news, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you may have missed a couple stories when you watch the news. Sometimes they don't get to everything. Like, for example, uh, unemployment at 3.5% now. Another 145,000 jobs were added. Jeez. This is an amazing... Wow. An amazing situation. I mean, we, this is what fifth highest, uh, the best unemployment rate in fifty years or yeah. more. Yes, literally since nineteen sixty nine, right? I think so. I mean, that's incredible. Uh, it really mm. is. And you know, it was a point. There was a point where they thought four percent unemployment was quote unquote full employment. It really couldn't go below that in any measurable way. Well, here we are at three point five percent. I mean, can a president really lose? A presidential election when unemployment is at 3.5%. It's hard to imagine. It I is. will say, uh, you know, the unemployment rate was pretty low when Al Gore lost to George W. Bush, but a very close election. And it, of course, wasn't the incumbent. He was the vice president of the incumbent uh, uh, party. You know, here's the situation. I, mean, I would not say it's smooth sailing, but it's hard to imagine if the economy stays this strong which we still have, you know, 11 months or 10 months to go, so it could turn negative, hopefully not. But if it, if it stays this strong, how does the president lose? I mean, how do you lose an election when, you're, when the unemployment rate is 3.5%? Hopefully he doesn't. Yeah. I mean, I just can't... You know, it's, how do you make the argument that we need to change everything up when you're Bernie Sanders or Elizabeth Warren in this situation? It's bizarre. Yeah. This is the Glenn Beck Program.